All right, everybody. Welcome. This is uh, Jake. You're listening to the Final Friday podcast, uh, the third episode, actually. I apologize to listeners who were expecting a, an episode to be released earlier, uh, end of May. Uh, it's just been a little bit of a hecticness trying to, uh, basically, it's my fault not recording a podcast. Anyways, I'm here joined today with Steve. Um, he's the man who's basically turned my dream into a reality, a uh, good friend of mine and yeah, ultimately my boss. So, Steve, how's it going, man? Fantastic. <laughs> right it's been, on. Uh, it's been a good Monday so far. Yeah, you've been pretty busy. I just wanted to say thank you for hopping on with me. I know you've been everywhere, and tomorrow you're going to be everywhere, and then Wednesday you're going to be gone. So I appreciate you fitting me in the schedule. Absolutely. This is actually the first podcast that you and I have actually done, just you and I, over the six years I've been here. You and I have never actually recorded a podcast just ourselves. So I'm uh, super stoked to do this with you. Um, yeah. So real quick, I just wanted to recap for people who don't know what final Friday is. Uh, we have two episodes earlier, but if you haven't listened to those, basically this is an episode or this is a series that I'm hosting. Um, and it's a segment for listeners who are kind of in the similar place like me, who, you know, don't have, a, have as much experience in the you know hunting world. Um, and, you know, I want to talk with industry professionals who can provide great information for ultimately myself and for listeners who kind of find themselves in a similar spot. Uh, and then I want to kind of ask, you know, these next few guests that I have on the podcast, basically the same five questions or five questions that can basically help guys like myself uh, lead to be more successful hunters. It was kind of an idea that I got from Steve. So I'm super stoked to kick this off and basically have Steve as my first real guest to ask these questions. So Steve, really quickly, I wanted to get a background from you before we dive into the first couple questions, because obviously you and I are you and I aren't in the uh, same age bracket. And the first couple questions, I kind of need you to picture yourself back when you were my age. So if you could really quickly like give me a brief background on kind of what you were doing around my age, like 18 to 25, like what was work like? You weren't you weren't doing XO. What was that like? Um, so 18 is when I got I caught the official what i call hunting bug really bow hunting bug growing up from you know we certainly an outdoor family lots of fishing camping upland game hunting and then deer hunting was something we did you know the best of my recollection one weekend a year we'd go do like a whitetail camp up northern idaho and uh you know me and my two older brothers my dad and my dad's buddy sometimes some of my brother's friends it was always kind of a, you know, just your very traditional go up for a, a four day weekend or something like that hunt, you know, like every year, maybe one person would kill a deer, right? Like it wasn't, there wasn't a lot of success, but it was more just getting out and I had a lot of great memories. And that's, that's kind of my hunting. I wasn't like obsessed by any stretch of the imagination with hunting until 18. And I picked up a bow, uh, I, I guess at around 16, 17 we were going on some deer hunts and I just, the way my brain works, I started, you know, just kind of like questioning. I remember ask, like asking my dad, like, can we get some camouflage? Like, is that going to help us kill stuff? Like, cause we're just truly like blue jeans and flannels. You know, so my brain just started thinking about like, okay, like I know people are more successful. I want to be more successful. What do we need to change up here to make that happen? And then at 18, uh, my best friend to this day, Keith, who you know pretty well too, Jake, mm -hmm. he uh, he was a bow hunter and went over to his house 
after school one day, senior year of high school, and shot his bow. Uh, it's a pretty funny story where I literally, you know, from 10 yards, I completely missed the target and arrow went through his shop and bounced off tools inside his dad's workshop. And um, luckily nothing was severely damaged, but uh, it's a pretty comical moment looking back. And th- the next day I went and bought a bow. And from then I was just obsessed. So right. it wasn't a question of, it was just all I thought about. So it was just bow hunting and shooting my bow. And so I, it, time wasn't, really a question i just made it work when whenever i had a free moment that's what i was doing mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and so what were you doing for work uh, around that age at 18 i was obviously in school um so that would have been you know this that was my senior year so freshman year of college similar to you i did tuesdays thursdays i did um, all my classes on those two days and then i would work monday wednesday friday Mm-hmm. And and I was doing construction back then. So my family had a metal building company and I was uh, out in the field working yeah, three, okay. three days a week. Yeah. Okay. And so hunting yeah. was, you know, f- September was basically Friday afternoon, you know, try to get out of work early and, and just didn't never missed a single opportunity to be hunting if I wasn't working. Right. So mm-hmm. head up on Friday, get a Friday evening, all day, Saturday, Sunday morning hunt, get home Sunday night and, and repeat. And that right. was September and those early years I did September archery and then November, the late 39 archery hunt. I did that a lot. So those were kind of my two hunts for quite a few years. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, basically the, yeah, just transitioning into that question, you kind of answered it a little bit is, you yeah. know, when you were around my age, you know, how did you find the time to hunt as, as, you know, much as you possibly could. And I kind of want to relate it to me in a way. Uh, obviously I work in the hunting industry, but I want to relate it to other folks who are in a similar boat as I am. And I wanted to kind of get, get your thought, get your take on basically how does somebody, you know, find the most time they possibly can? Is it, do they have to get a job in the hunting industry or is it just finding a job that works around their schedule? And is it just basically taking sacrifices and really, you know, if, if, if the job is super strict with vacation. Anytime you have a real, like a passion for something kind of said, you make it work, right? So there's a lot of people like, oh, I can only, I'll really only get a full day Saturday. I'm not going to go up for the weekend because it's not a long weekend. Uh, for me, I had the opposite a- attitude. Like, you know, just haul butt out of there on Friday, get up there, get a quick hour, hour to evening hunt on Friday, hunt your butt off all day Saturday, Sunday, and come back and, and do it again. Right. Um, so you just, you just find the time, you make the time, right? And right. Absolutely. As you get older, you're going to realize how much time you have right now like from right from when you have a couple kids and <laughs> you're looking back you're like what in the world did i do uh because all you had was time you know compared to how it just it gets a lot lot harder yeah for sure i know you definitely have put that bug in my ear quite a bit i, I was gonna ask then like now do you find yourself uh you know being the owner of two companies in the hunting industry but you have two kiddos and a wife family and all that do you find yourself yeah i mean i was you basically kind of answered it you have less time than you did when you were my age correct yeah certainly less time that's it's my kids are getting older now they're four and six it was a lot harder when they were you know two and six months old to get away I, and i kind of transitioned to i just do longer trips but less trips so I'll, and it's just easier to plan with the family right i find uh all right i'm going on you know going for this week of september instead of hunting 
said every single weekend that's just not an option anymore i'll be like all right i'm going out for this week obviously you know hunting is a major part of my job so there's a you know hey i am going hunting and that's also work so that my wife can't put up too much of a fit <laughs> but uh if you know we've got lots of buddies who like jeff bloomquist you'll have on the podcast and you know he's uh basically kind of self-employed in a sense uh has his family and and he just he makes time off work and just you know again it always just you go back to that this what i'm saying of if you have this passion you just find a way to make it work right yeah i think that's a great way to put it no matter if you've yeah if you're if you've got something to work with basically if all you've got is weekends then just make it work um and so i i think this is a great transition uh something that I admire about you is how efficient you are. I think efficiency is the name of the game for, for yourself. Um, do you find yourself uh, being as time efficient, you know, in the woods as you are in the office, basically, you know, every time I see you in the office, it's how can we, how can we cut things down? How can we make it as efficient as we possibly can? Um, mm-hmm. And do you think that has a lot to do with being successful in the woods? And before you answer that, like, I want to say like a lot of people love to go out and chillax, you know, quote unquote chillax or, they, they like to take their time in the woods and you, I mean, for you, have you found that, you know, just going balls to the wall, being efficient as you possibly can, that's just made you a, you know, better, more successful hunter rather than kind of enjoying it in a way, you know, you, you, do you find a balance? I find a balance. Yeah. I think since you've known me, right. Young kids running businesses, it's when I was hunting, I it inherently just had to become more efficient. If I wanted to kill something, I couldn't mess around. I couldn't waste days. I needed to find a way to get out there, be successful and, and come back. I've certainly that I think is just more catered to, well, I said part of that is just me. Like everything I do in my uh, everyday life is always just finding efficiencies. It's just something that um, I'm always looking for the better way, or I see when I see things that just don't look and feel right. I'm always like, how can I improve on this? So I, I certainly just apply that to my hunting. But again, I think most of what you're alluding to is I do just try to get out there, get things done and get back in it. As my kids are getting older and time away from home isn't as, as tough, I'm certainly picking hunts where I, I take you know, I put the brakes on in a sense and just make sure that I enjoy it. That, you know, when Mark just came out for the bear hunt, it's like we, you know, last year, it's like, I think there's a lot going on. Like, all right, let's go in there. Let's get some bears killed. Let's get out. Killed two bears on the first day, got out the next day. Great. Awesome hunt. Back to work, get things done this year. It's like things were, you know, uh, things are going good right now and smooth and low stress. So it's like, man, let's just go out there and enjoy this. And then we kind of went in with that mentality. I, I'd right. certainly I said, I try to, as with all things in life, you need to think, um, trying to think of the words here. You, you need to kind of set expectations. You need to set goals. And I think it's really something important to do just for your hunting in general, but also I'm breaking it down into individual hunts now. Like, all right, this weekend, I'm like, my goal is to go get elk meat in the freezer. And that's all I'm focused on. This one's just about having, I'm going with a couple of buddies. Let's have as much fun as possible and still hunt hard. And then, you know, the different hunts, I just find different reasons that what my goal is for that hunt. Right. So staying on this question, when 
I want to kind of, yeah, set the time clock a little bit back, kind of going along the same, you know, 18 to 25 years old. Mm -hmm. When you were younger, was your time efficiency different than it is now? Terribly. Yeah. (laughs) As far as not, we hunted, we had this attitude that I think just somebody had instilled in us and it was just a combination of advice was you just like, you got to keep hiking and working hard and eventually you get your opportunity to elk. So we definitely like Keith and I starting out hunting, we just hiked all day long and just kind of like moved around the woods and we were working hard, but we weren't working smart and certainly not efficient. Mm-hmm. Like we were and we, those first five or six years, I think I killed an elk almost every single year, but it was like, basically I always felt like I've got, I'm going to hunt every weekend all of September. So some years that's four weekends, some years it's five and I'm going to get one opportunity. And I, so I can't screw that one opportunity up. Cause that, that just, that seemed to be the rule I'd for, you know, you just, your days are so limited that, uh, I just, you know, we hunted our butts off and hindsight, you know, it's all perspective and hard is nothing but a state of mind that, you know, what we're doing is pretty easy. Like, you know, going out on like three to five mile loops, hiking and climbing, a, you know, a thousand feet, maybe 2000 feet. But back then I thought that was, you know, really, really hard. Now that'd be like a, a walk on the green belt on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, we were, you're just kind of fumbling your way through figuring things out. And then it, at some point, just like I did when I talked about when I was like 16, 17, I'm like, oh, there's got to be a better way to do this. That's when I say, so 2002 is when I graduated high school from so like, oh, two to 08 was, you know, I was, I was killing an elk every single year, cows, little bulls, spikes. Um, and then somewhere around 2008, I started, I was just, I was in the hunting industry at that point. Uh, and then I'd come across guys like Russ Meyer that are not right. only killing animals every single year, they're killing animals almost every single time they leave the truck whether it's yeah. a day trip or they're going out for a weekend elk hunting. And then that really opened my eyes to like, whoa, what what else is out there? What am I missing? Mm-hmm. Like, what, am, what am I doing wrong? And I think I just started asking questions. Right, right. No, for sure. So no, that's a, I, I'm, I'm going to have Russ on and I'm going to kind of ask, I'm going to ask him how he's so efficient and stuff. I basically, yeah, that was kind of the answer I was looking for. You know, you answered my question. You know, I just wanted to see kind of when that, time efficiency changed, you know, or how you became more efficient when, you know, in that progression of when you started hunting to, you know, middle to now. Um, and I think you, you answered it basically saying it's just, uh, as you continue, you just learn from your mistakes and you start to, yeah, just get better with it. You know, is that, yeah. And just, it's, I think it's incredibly important to go get experience points. Just mm-hmm. get out there and hunt as much as you can. Said so from in my those first few years of taking hunting seriously, I was I was doing that. I was hunting a lot, but I wasn't really learning from it as much as I could have. Okay, so I had to I had to start being. Not only did you need to get out there and you need to hunt hard and gain experience, but you also need to be learning from what you're doing. And you a lot of it's real simple steps we just did a podcast this morning with um, ben reynolds from alaska and he was you know just as a hunt progresses he every night in his tent he's taking notes just on his phone from what happened that day how how does he feel what did he see how did the hunt go did he you know did he notice something unique about sheep behavior that he didn't notice before 
I think little things like that. I, I tend to do it more at, when I get home, the, the few days after being out in the field, I just kind of process stuff and I don't really write it down, but I, I certainly take a lot of mental notes of what I saw, you know, what happened, the, the, I did this, the animal reacted that way. I know that like one, as I'm saying that one thing I learned early on with elk, bow hunting elk in particular is just how much movement you can get away with in a shot situation. I remember killing a bit, um, an elk and I think it was Jason with, was with me, but he said, basically I was a full draw, the elk standing there. And I knew just from experience that I could take a couple steps that they there's kind of a tree blocking us and the view wasn't great and we had just made a cow call sound so the elk was pinned on us but i knew i could basically i put the pin right where i knew it needed to be and then just took two steps at full draw to the side got a clear shooting lane shot killed the elk and and i remember jason being like i never would have done that i would have not tried to move in that situation because i'd been too afraid the elk was going to bust out and you know hindsight like you know, that elk was frozen there. He was going to, the, his next move was going to be bolting out of the country regardless. So I just created that opportunity for myself and killed the elk. And I, I think I'd learned that just from experience of being in a situation where the elk didn't have great visibility. It knew something was up and I, I had to, you know, they're just going to, they're going to give you a couple seconds if you move before they bust out of there. Cause they're hearing an elk. They're expecting to see an elk. They see movement. They're going to lock on you, but then all of a sudden bam and arrows slipping through their lungs. Yeah, for sure. I think that's uh, the name of the game too. Like uh, I, I struggled. Well, no, I, I learned from that uh, last year uh, elk hunting. I've definitely heard it from pretty much every single person in the hunting industry uh, is basically saying you have more time than you really think. And last year, you know, I was full draw on a cow. I was on was full draw on a cow for two seconds until I let the arrow fly just because I thought the cow was going to spook and basically rushed the shot and it ultimately led to a, um, unfortunately a miss. And yeah, I mean, I, I knew better. I knew that I had more time than I thought I did. And it was just the combination of having a lot of time looking at the elk coming in and also hearing the bull screaming to my left. And it was just a, yeah, rookie mistake. It's something that you want to learn and learn from and something that I'll take notes from. And I know you mentioned that earlier, um, that, you, when you get home from a hunt, that's something that you do is take notes. And so I, I'm going to skip my third question because I think the fourth question that I had really ties into this well. And so I don't know if this is, you know, if note taking is going to be your one answer, I'm, but I want to see if you have another answer for this, mm -hmm. but you know, what type of advice then would you give, you know, listeners who are looking to increase their success, you know, in the field, you know, I know you, you mentioned note taking, um, you know, what, you know, is that what kind of mindset does it take to, you know, go from eating tag soup almost every year to at least filling one, if not two tags a year? Like I, before you answer, I know, um, I don't know if this really applies. This is something that I just made a note about a mental note when I was literally just asking this question. Um, but one thing that helped me a little bit, you know, I've become a little bit more successful, you know, I'm still not, I'm not quite there, but I've got a few animals under my belt, but definitely no Russ Meyer, no, no, nowhere close. But when you took me to Kodiak, Alaska, that was a, a really good opportunity for me to get a few animals under my belt and also be a part of a few other animal harvests from all the other guys there. Um, so looping back, like is something like that is, is that one way I know that's not as budget friendly, 
um, mm-hmm. just to, you know, I, I want to make sure people know I'm not saying go buy Kodiak hunt and that's how you get better at hunting. But what are some ways that you think other than taking notes or, you know, hunt like that to basically help somebody find more success in the field? It's, you, it's a loaded you, question. <laughs> yeah. The, I mean, there's certainly, like I said, the, the number one thing is just get out there. If you're not, mm-hmm. if you're just thinking you're going to go, you know, like in September, like, yeah, I don't really feel like going this weekend. Like you need to, if you want to become, you know, break out of the, I think the sayings were like 10% of the hunters kill 90% of the animals and the other 90% of guys are just out there you know, messing around and very, you know, every three or four years actually get something killed. If you want to become that 10%, you need to really just take it serious. Understand that there's going to be a sacrifice. You're going to, you know, at your age, it's, it's, you know, you want to go out to the bars on a Friday night and, you know, that's (laughs) totally awesome. But at the same time, you know, maybe don't do that during hunting season. Like you should be out hunting every weekend if you want success and that goes back to what i talked about earlier about like setting goals like what i think it'd be really important to identify like what do you want to do do you want to as i've evolved it's become more about appreciating the experience and so now i'm specifically searching for like very high adventure hunts i seem to get the most reward from those personally They're, they're going to be challenging certainly uh there's a lot more planning and preparation that goes into them uh, but at the same time, it's also great just to run out for the weekend and go bow hunt with a buddy for elk. But right. I'd say to be successful, it's just it's a combination of everything. You need to become proficient with your weapon. I think I personally think from you know, in like from 02 to 08 here, I'm talking about when I was, you know, bow hunting a lot or those first few years of taking bow hunting seriously. All, I think it was just drilled into my head that I need to shoot, 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 right? And I did. I shot a lot. And I was r- really dang good and very accurate with my bow to where, you know, it, I could probably shoot back then better groups at 100 than I can right now at 40 and 50 yards. Like, I'd say, no doubt, I'm a thousand times better hunter now than I was back then, right? So, just because I could shoot well didn't, mean, didn't make me a good hunter. And I think a lot of that was shooting well under pressure um that i that i do better now right like you get to kind of get buck fever and whatnot uh, early on so like technically at the archery range or a 3d tournament i could shoot really tight nice groups but when it came into the field i messed up a lot of shots you know uh miss high miss low you know uh, my first elk ever i shot in the guts and had to wait 24 hours you know to, to get her um made a lot of mistakes shooting early on that that weren't because I wasn't a capable shooter. It's just because I wasn't, you know, I was getting too hyped up in the, in the situation and that's kind of bouncing all over the place. But like Kodiak, I think is such a great experience. Um, yes, it costs a lot of money, but if you're, you know, maybe if you're not 20 years old, but if you're in your thirties or forties and you can afford it, you know, with, uh, the three deer tags that you can go up there and, you know, you got, two or three other buddies you can kill nine deer between the three of you that's a lot of experience wrapped up in seven days where you you get a come to full draw on an animal and squeeze that trigger you know uh, squeeze the trigger on your rifle and i think just shortening that curve a little bit and that's where by shortening the curve just basically the more you can get out there and hunt the the better and that's where you know even 
spring bear. You know, it's just, it's a great excuse to get out and maybe you're not super jacked up about killing a bear, but it's also just really great experience for this fall when you get into a situation where, you know, an elk is standing in front of you and you're about ready to shoot it. You kind of can pull from your experience on this previous bear hunt and help calm yourself down and execute a really good shot. So yeah. I think again, there's, you just can't replace experience. You just need to be mindful of your experiences and take notes and learn from them. If you can at all find somebody who's hunted and, and is proficient out there and tag along with them, I would highly, highly recommend that. Just be like, hey, I don't, I don't even want to hunt. Can I just come hike with you and learn from you? And if you kill something, I'll help pack it out. You know, like if that's, that can certainly, you know, the, the, listen to your elders, right? Like there, there's a lot of wisdom there and um, getting out and hunting with them, I think would be, you know, really impactful on shortening up that learning curve. And I'm still trying to do that today. Like Russ Meyer, I keep every year kind of like, Hey, let's get on a hunt, you know, cause I, I would just love to hunt with a guy. I know I would learn a ton from him. Uh, and so I think, you know, it's never ending, right? Just right. always searching to get better and better and, and um yeah so get out there get some experience points be mindful learn from others and just you know if they said understand that it's going to take a sacrifice it's not like you can't just there's a lot of information that can be gleaned from listening to podcasts and watching youtube videos but at the end of the day that's not what's going to move the needle for you it's going to be getting out there and say you learn some great tactics from listening to a podcast you got to go out there and apply them right like yeah and, and see how it works for you and and um get that experience right it's not like a get rich quick kind of scheme you just no yeah, you gotta yeah. put in the There's i've been no, taking no yeah. shortcut no exactly i've been taking many notes and um one thing that i did uh, write down that you say you do and honestly i don't i don't think i've ever done it which is why i wrote it in all caps is setting goals for hunting. I've set goals, you know, here in the office quite a bit, you know, or deadlines, mm -hmm. goals, stuff like that. But for hunting, I don't think I've really ever done it done or yeah. Set goals. Really. I, I, maybe I just take that for granted almost. Um, and, and, you know, I just go, I know we go out every year and try to get as, as much as we can, but I really don't go in there without, you know, with, with, you know, one to two, three goals set. And I think that's something that I'm going to do. I'm going to try. Yeah. I mean, it could be as simple as I'm going to hunt X amount of days this September uh, right. or I am going to kill an elk and I'm going to complete that goal or, right. I mean, just, you could, it could be a multitude of different things, but it's super important again, in all aspects of life to set goals and build a plan to achieve that goal and execute that plan. Cause if, if you're not doing that, like what the hell are you doing? You're just right. floundering around. Yeah, for sure. And I, um, I will say, I, um, you know, like a little rebuttal statement for me or going against me. Like I remember when we were driving to uh, shows, you were asking Pat and I kind of what our, our hunting goals were. And that's, that's the only time I've ever talked about hunting goals. Now I have uh, one thing I did tell you was, you know, shoot my bow quite a bit and, you know, be familiar with my equipment. And that's definitely one thing I have done more than, uh, you know, during the off season, not, you know, July or August, but earlier this year, I've shot my bow, whether it's, you know, taking it to the range or, you know, um, plank bail or, um, fletching arrows, stuff like that. So I have done that, but as far as hunting specific going out in the field, uh, no, I really don't think I have. So I'll definitely do so. And then earlier, so I'll go to my essentially third question, but it'll be the fourth 
you mentioned about when you were you know, 2002 to 2008, you were shooting your bow every day, I assume, mm-hmm. or quite a bit. And I think, yeah, training is a definitely a heavily talked about conversation, you know, when it comes to hunting. Um, and, you know, I myself, I myself do a lot of you know, weight training and try to get in cardio when I can, you know, as of lately. Uh, I would say, first off, do you think, um, I know the answer to this is yes, but, you know, do you think training is important and to what extent though, um, when you were my age, did you, did you do much training as far as physical, yeah, you know, physicality or was it purely just equipment? No. Yeah. So that 02 to 08 time period was, you know, I was working construction, so I was kind of just naturally out moving all the day, all day long. But certainly no training. I, the, the never once in all those years did I throw weight in a backpack and go hike up a mountain, right? And in the middle of summer, just because, or you know, or go to the Boise foothills. I never did any of that. Uh, it was definitely just suffer through September. You know, the first certainly the first couple hunts where you know you're super sore, and it takes like by the second or third weekend until you start feeling good and getting your mountain legs underneath you. But again, that even what I thought was hard back then is now just, you know, I go do that at lunch break on a, on a Wednesday. So this perspective has changed a lot. Uh, <laughs> training, you could be a fantastic hunter. You could go out and kill stuff and be massively out of shape. The You do not have to be in peak physical condition to be an effective hunter. It's never ever going to hurt you to be in better shape though that's certainly like it's never (laughs) that's never going to be a downside you can you know work with the tools you have and if you know like i can only hike you know two miles on a logging road like i guarantee you i could go out and be successful this fall if that's you know that was what my limits were like i'd hunt areas and choose spots that that or beneficial to that type of hunting. So you don't have to be in shape, but if you want to live from a backpack hunting mentality and go out there and have these really cool experiences, you know, physically fit is incredibly important. I think some of it gets overrated, overhyped, but the, the better shape you are, again, it's just never, ever going to hurt. So I would say, you know, if, if shooting your bow, five days a week is what you're doing and you weren't training at all, I'd switch that around to, you know, shoot two days a week, train two days a week and take one day a week off. Uh, so I don't know during the yeah. middle of the week. What, so if for somebody who's listening and they're wanting to kind of, I wouldn't say ramp it up. Yeah. Ramp it, ramp up their training in a way, or, or just start what, what, what's a, what's a good, you know, what's a good training plan? Like, you know, for you, Man, I know you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know it's no. different for everybody. Um, yeah, I know I've told this before. I, the i think it was seventh or eighth grade aau basketball we had a he was a former boise state basketball coach and he was our coach and we i went from a basketball coach for the actual middle school team right that was like all about uh sprint drills at the end of practice we mm-hmm. we do practice and then we do sprints you know you do your ladders and whatever and run back and forth and you know, I was like, okay, he got in good shape. And then that summer I played this basketball league and the coach had a completely different mentality. He basically said, if you guys, we basically ran like full court 
all practice long, right? Like you guys just play practice hard and run up and down this court. There is no conditioning at the end of it. And I was like, this is incredible. You know, yeah, I'll do that. And uh, cause everybody hated conditioning at the end of it. And what we found is like, you know, even at that age, I realized like, Oh my, I could play an entire basketball game and not lose my breath. Um, and it was just through that process of basically doing instead of trying to train for what you want to do, I just actually do what I want to do. And through that, get better. And I take that, that lesson that I learned way back then and apply it now. So basically my training for hunting is putting on a backpack and hiking up and down mountains. And, you know, I've, I think I said this on a podcast a year or two ago, like it's right before I was going on a sheep hunt. Like I'm just basically going to replicate a 10 day sheep hunt here at home. So I'm going to go out, I'm going to hike, you know, five, six miles and as much elevation as I can for 10 days straight, take a week off. And then I knew going into that first hunt that I was going to be in really good shape versus if I was just trying to like do some lunges or squats or something in, in a home gym and then, you know, build up that into going out hunting. Um, again, it just, to me, it makes so much sense to just do what you want to do. I took that same approach, you know, for years, I was competitively cross country racing mountain bikes. And instead of trying to do kind of training stuff, I would just, I would ride like I was in a race. I would right. pick a 20 mile loop and go do it as fast as I could. And I record the entire ride and it's on that Strava app and it break down into segments and I'd go ride it again three days later and basically race the time I had previously posted. And I'd go back and the second I got home, I'd upload it and analyze it. And I did this segment faster, I did this segment slower. And so I just trained with very high intensity. And when it came to races, um, for quite a few years, I think I had like three years, I, I took first or second place in every single race I did because I trained like I was racing all the time. Uh, so, so to me, that method has worked um, versus, you know, there's certainly lots of programs and and I understand them if you're Mark, you know, and you're in Missouri and you don't have mountains, then yeah, you need some type of workout program to do in your home. Uh, but if you're at all live close to mountains, put a pack on and go hike. And I can almost guarantee you, you'll be, you know, in fantastic shape when opening day comes because it'll be nothing new. You've been doing it all summer long. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I definitely think, yeah, it is a good mix to everything like weight training, um, hiking, shooting the bow, all that. I definitely lack going and hiking. I don't know if, if it's just, yeah, sometimes it just doesn't sound all that glorious. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, like my, my take is like, you know, being 23, single, you know, you want to go to the, go, go home and you want to get a pump going on, you know, that's more satisfying to me than uh, going on a hike. Now, granted, you know, I went on a hike last week. Yeah. Last Wednesday, I hit tram trail again, sort of local trail outside of Boise and it felt good when I was done, but yeah, during the whole time I was not really enjoying it. Like I would be when I'm, you know, weight training. And so I think that's okay. something that I just have to, you know, overcome. Um, cause I think there's both perks. Well, I would say, well, yeah, being physically active in any yeah. form is fantastic and a great lifestyle to have. Um, but I would say that, do you have a goal of, you know, if I was you, I would have a goal of killing a, an elk and a deer this fall, right? Like that's right. the goal. That gonna, is the I'm goal. Gonna kill, gonna kill both these animals. What's it going to take to kill that, those animals going and hiking tram trail two days a week, right? right. With a loaded yeah. pack 
Uh, so do you enjoy hiking tram trail? No. When I, when I was your age, absolutely not. I didn't, as I've gotten older, I, I do enjoy it. I've, I don't know if I've found enjoyment in it or if I just understand through the process that I will be more effective when I'm out there hunting. I'm not exactly sure, but I, I actually just really look forward to them now. Um, but again, it's you created a goal and what the steps to get to that goal. If hiking and training is one of those steps that you identify, you just got to suck it up and go do it. Right. I, I, like what you were saying is like, yeah, do you enjoy training uh, or do you enjoy hiking tram trail? No, but like, you know, and, um, the second question yeah. is, do you enjoy killing an elk? And it's like, well, yeah, yeah. you know, so yes. like that's, those are the steps to get to it. And I think, you know, lately, you know, when we did the whole fitness challenge and everything, my goal was opposite of all your guys's was to build up muscle. And so once I started doing it, you know, at the start, I wasn't seeing really that much progress. And then towards, you know, the end of it and, and still now I'm like, I enjoy it because I do see those results. And so that's something that I can relate to, um, as far as, you know, hiking and getting more in shape, which I definitely need to as well. Cause in a month we're oh, sorry. Uh, yeah. A month and four days we're uh, going, going, out and, yeah, going on the death <laughs> hike. Um, so I definitely <laughs> for kudos to you. Cause you've been doing the death hike since you were 18 years old. Like those were things I never even dreamed I was capable of when I was 18. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, granted you're around guys that like, well, if you're doing it, I can do it. You know, you're old. I'm young. I got this. <laughs> um, yeah. but, uh, you know, I didn't have those people around me when I was your age, but um, yeah. still the commitment to go do it. They're not, they're not easy. That's for sure. Right. And I, I do want to yeah give the thanks back to you for taking me along and you've definitely warned me or, or have always reminded me, you know, uh, relying on my young age, isn't going to be everything. It's not the end all be all because on the 2018 death hike, I got my butt whooped on the first day and I didn't do the second day. Um, mm-hmm. and then the next year, which was the Frank church hunt, that one was different. Um, the one that I really liked was the the, the fly in Frank where, uh, we, mm-hmm. we snowshoot out. That was one that I definitely trained for more than any other one. Um, yeah. And it was, yeah, it was fun. It was great. It, you know, I felt good. Uh, but yeah, I do thank you for, oh yeah. That's what I was getting at is I remember you and other people wouldn't give me a hard time, but yeah, I just, I definitely am very fortunate to have a lot of guys, you know, like yourself who are older than me, who, um, yeah, it's not giving me a hard time, but it's kind of pushing me, you know, it's, it's, yeah. I have all these quote unquote coaches, you know, in my life who, you know, whether it's, you know, poking fun or, you know, give me a little hard time to get out. They ultimately just care about me. You know, they want to see me succeed, um, on these things. And it's the, yeah, I'm, I'm super fortunate to have guys like you. So I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. Sometimes I want to, roll my eyes or something when somebody, you know, tells me what to do regarding hiking, <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, I'm 22 or, or 23. Um, but yeah, you can't always rely on that. <laughs> um, so, all right, I got one more question. Uh, and it, this is the question that I kind of want to keep the same for every single person. Uh, you know, I'm going to cater a couple of the other questions a little bit differently because everybody has a little bit of a different background. So uh, even though you're a su- very successful hunter, so I think, you know, a lot of other people would agree. Um, what would you say your biggest weakness is, you know, while out hunting, it, you know, it doesn't have to be something drastic, but what's something that you find yourself doing that, you know, in the field that you try to mitigate, is it something new every year or is it something recurring? Um, you know, it, do you, do you feel like you have a weakness, you know, in the field? I, I don't know what it could be, but is there something there? I would say I, I certainly had, 
I identified this, oh, yeah, I don't know, probably 10 years ago or so, was basically giving up on a hunt, deciding that it wasn't going to happen. And like, I'm done, I'm, I'm done, mentally check out, put your head down and walk back to the truck. And I, I think it was a hunt I had with Mike and we were deer hunting in Southern Idaho and we didn't even kill anything, but we were, had hiked out and it was a December archery deer hunt and we'd hiked out and we had just kind of got to the point where we wanted to be, we weren't seeing deer and my natural progression was just like, all right, well, we're done. Let's go back to the truck. And so I kind of start walking that way. And then Mike, I can't remember exactly how it went down. We kind of like looked at me like, no, we're going to hike this way. Like we're going to hunt our way back to the truck. And it was like, well, you're crazy, man. Like I'm tired. You know, it's probably your age. Uh, and um, I guess I'd have been mid to late twenties, a little bit older than you, but uh, it was, he just, we almost, killed a deer on the way back out and it was it just stuck with me that like man if that opportunity would never have happened if i if he had just followed me because i was like just going to follow our footsteps right back out and you know so i I had this and i just started thinking about how many times i'd done that on a hunt and was doing it after the fact of of just kind of you get you know you get pouty as a, a word for it right like oh this didn't my hunt didn't go successful today Uh, i'm just gonna head back to the truck now and you can almost always you know find a way to hunt your way out and and find an animal that i mean this literally just happened when mark was out here on the bear hunt you know we had seen basically one bear and on day by day three we had a very easy option to drop down the ridge hit a trail walk back to the truck and try again you know later in the week uh but instead, we decided to drop off this crap face, climb up a couple thousand feet and hit and get up on top of another ridge and glass off the backside of it. And we ended up killing a bear that day. Like, you know, 10 plus 15 years ago, that I would have never done that. We'd have walked out and not been successful. So that was certainly something that I had a bad tendency of doing. Like I was all gung-ho and energy to like go in there but this after a couple days or you know whatever the duration of the hunt was where it's kind of starting to wrap up giving up on a hunt was something that i identified as a, as a major weakness and, and and fixed frankly not that it's you know not that it's easy because that's when like a little bit of mental toughness comes in and physical effort right like you're, you're you've already been hunting and you're tired and you do just want to give up and call it quits and go back to town and get a hamburger but to be able to stick it out and and you know, I've killed a lot of animals the last 10 plus years now, uh, doing, you know, just sticking things out and being a little bit more mentally tough. Right. For sure. Especially for, you know, like, you know, even having a family too, I'm sure doesn't help, you know, you want to get back home even sooner. Yeah. I think I've, it actually does help. And that I know my time is way better spent out there than if I was to come home and then have to go back out on another trip. So if, I've got one more day to hunt hard. I've certainly tended to like, instead of packing it up and going home early, just give it all, give it my all, you know, give it that 120% effort and, and basically hunt as much as I can. Cause I owe, I owe that to my family to their, you know, I'm already gone. I might as well make the absolute most of the opportunity that I have in front of me instead of trying to call it quits and then again, come back later. Cause that's just more time away. Um, and again, that's, 
it's all getting a lot easier now that the kids are four and six and you know, not in diapers and crying all the time and not sleeping. <laughs> for sure. For sure. No, I think that's, um, I mean, I think I, I would say a lot of people are guilty of that, uh, yeah. to an extent, uh, is giving up in a way, you know, there's been times yeah. where, uh, I mean, probably in, in life in general, but yeah, as hunting, um, relating to hunting, you know, there's been times where it's hot, it's exhausting and you just want to get back home. You think about the luxury you have back at home. Um, yeah. and that's something that yeah. I'm writing down too, is to, yeah, mitigate that, you know, um, just tough it out. Yeah. I'm trying to think, I mean, I, I've certainly identified and fixed a lot of little things over the years and currently I've been, I mean, I've been pretty dang efficient in the last handful of years of just getting out there and, and being successful. The one thing I still struggle with is, is getting up early in the morning. I know I could be probably a better hunter um that create more opportunities for myself if if i was always up 30 minutes before light but i'm pretty lazy in the mornings <laughs> i sleep so terribly back there that uh and then take sleeping pills that make me groggy that i'm uh i'm barely like i'd say 90 percent of the time i am not awake at first light uh, but still <laughs> find a way to get it done and be effective uh just uh that's certainly something i could work on and do a better job with yeah that's I love to sleep in too. So you're, we're in the same boat, <laughs> um, man, Steve, I just want to say thank you again so much. Um, I don't know if you could tell earlier when we started this podcast, I was, or I'm pretty sure everybody could tell listening to it. I was pretty nervous, uh, when it all started. Um, yeah, it's just one thing, uh, you've really, I, I, I mentioned this and I really didn't, uh, put it into words, um, how you really have turned like my dream as a, when I was 17 into basically when I was, when I was 17, you turned my dream into a reality. Um, I didn't know back then I was going to be able to be sitting here, you know, in the office and, and recording a podcast with you. And um, yeah, I just want to thank you again so much for letting me do this. And one also taking time out of your evening um, to answer these questions and then also to progress with this and have a couple other guys and put this on, you know, your platform. So I just really wanted to say thank you again so much. And for all of the info, I mean, there's, I'll show you tomorrow when you come back in the office, all of my notes, but it's definitely <laughs> something I took a lot of notes and this is exactly what I wanted. I wanted to be able to, it's, I didn't want to be, I don't want to call it selfish, but in a way, like this is ultimately like, this is going to help me a lot. And I'm sure there's quite a few guys out there that are going to take a lot from, you know, these next few episodes that will air on Friday, uh, towards the end of the month. Um, and yeah, take some info and hopefully apply it to their season. That's, that's my goal. So uh, again, thank you so much, man. Well, now, yeah, thank you for uh, working hard and busting butt. And it's, you've, you've, you made the opportunity for yourself, you know, since you were 17, just coming in and working hard for us and having a good attitude. And, um, so, uh, you're as, you know, uh, very responsible for the position that you're in. It's been through your own hard work and good attitudes. So I, I appreciate uh, it. And then, yeah, I'm, I'm selfishly excited for you for this. Cause <laughs> I think I see you right now where I was at like 18, 19, right? Like I was uh, like really wanting to get into hunting more and learn more and be more successful and, and, you know, to kind of help. I think these conversations are certainly going to help a lot. Um, not only for you, but for plenty of the listeners out there to, just kind of push them in the right direction and just start thinking, you know, just, it takes a lot of 
being very mindful of a lot of little things, but it's all at the end of the day, it just comes down to learning, getting out there, having experiences and learning from them and just applying the things you've learned into your next hunt. That's a lot. Mark and I are working on that series right now where we break down successful hunts with different guests and what made them successful. And there's just so many, there's just be so many little nuanced details that at the end of the day, again, they all just come back to learning from your experiences. The one we did this morning with Ben Reynolds, he, um, he had uh, basically dropped all his gear to go kill a doll sheep. And I think in the process of putting the rifle together, knew that he needed to have his rifle scope zoomed all the way out. Cause it was going to be a close shot, right? Like for, you know, two hours before he was about to, he's going to start the stock and it's a big climb up, you know, and he just glanced over that really fast in the podcast. And it's like, that's such a like massive detail yeah. that, that, you know, so many guys would just have their scope, you know, cause they had maybe looked at an animal an hour prior and threw the rifle scope and cranked it all the way up to 18 power and had not taken that opportunity to crank it back down. And they get in that situation. They try to get the sheep or the, whatever animal it is in the scope and they're fully zoomed in and uh, they can't see anything. They got to get out of their gun and back out and then bam, the animal's gone. They missed their opportunity. So it's like this combination of having all these little things that it just always comes back to having experiences, learning from them and being mindful when you're out there hunting. Right. For sure. Yeah. I'm not, again, yeah, I don't want, um, or this isn't going to be the ultimate solution. Like this is only part of it. The other part is getting out there and, and taking this information and applying it and putting boots to the ground. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm really excited for the next guest I'm going to have on here. Actually the next one, it will be Jeff Bloomquist. He doesn't know it yet, but he is going to be the next guest. Um, and I'll let him <laughs> kind of do his introduction. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm super, I'm super stoked to hear what he's got to say. He's very well-spoken and, and he gets after it. Um, and you'll, you'll find there's a lot of ways to skin a cat. There's a, there's, yeah. I've been very fortunate myself to hunt with a lot of hunters and there's a lot of different ways to be successful and it just takes you learning from other people. And then also, as you asked in this podcast, like, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? Right. So highlighting like, okay, here's my strengths. Here's what I can do. Well, maybe, maybe being really physically fit is something that's, you know, a, a very good asset that you have. So use that to your advantage. Right. Uh, and vice versa. If you're like somebody who just isn't fit or has a, you know, a bum knee and you can't hike far, you know, just adjusting your plans to suit your strengths and your weaknesses and, and go highlight your strengths and work on your weaknesses. Then you'll, like I said, you'll find these different guys all hunt differently and get it done in different ways. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, uh, I'm thrilled. Uh, well, folks, that's a, that's a wrap. Uh, unless you have anything else to say, Steve, is there no? anything? Yeah. Okay. Appreciate um, that. No, I appreciate it. And I just want to say thanks to everybody who's, who's listened. If you have any questions, you need know, um, things that you'd like me to ask future guests or feedback, uh, shoot me, shoot us an email to uh, podcast at exomountaingear.com or through SpeakPipe. That link will be in the show description, just titled leave a message. But yeah, thank you again for listening, tuning in, and we'll talk to you later. Mic drop. Good job, dude. Thanks, dude. Thanks. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I mean, you might have been nervous earlier on, but I didn't pick oh, up dude, on I it. Was, like uh, I was sweating <laughs> nah, profusely you when I started. You're good. Oh, at the start, I I I was vomiting out of my mouth. <laughs>